about the circle and those tires. Yeah, Green to shine. Remember, they fan out down there. So check that bottom. Sunday drive. All right, Ross, man. Hey, cars off. Be ready. Yeah, be ready. Gas that bitch up. Be ready. Be ready. Green flag. Green. I should probably start out and say welcome to Inside Kyle Larson because it's probably. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, probably the best. Kyle Larson wins everything, including this show. It's like he, the only thing we can talk about is Kyle Larson these days. Welcome to the Inside Pass. Uh, another week of uh, racing talk. You're all here. You're all listening, and uh, that, that's always a great thing. Randy Miller, Tom Baker, Peter Strada, Chris Murdoch pushing buttons for us. And uh, again, Kyle Larson just keeps on winning races, and so I, I guess you know as long as his stock is going up, we've got something to talk about. But um, we we do have other things to, to talk about. We're going to do some fill in the blank and uh, talk about IndyCar F1 and uh, um, a cool discussion about uh, I guess Saturday night short track racing. Then that sort of have to be here in our area. It can be wherever your local dirt track is. Um, I've seen it happen where I'm from in, in Texas too, and I, I think it. Uh, it warrants a good debate because of some of the things that I heard uh, over the weekend. Uh, the the Inside Pass panel were all out and about this weekend. Uh, Peter was in Nashville. The Tom went to dirt track here, here locally, as did I. Um, Chris, what did you do this weekend? I went whitewater rafting. So. Okay, you don't count. <laughs> I don't count. Um, you're, you're out of the conversation. Uh, that's, anyway. a, that's another show. So three out of the four of us were actually uh, out to roaming around doing some uh, doing some. I don't get to go to dirt track racing nearly as much here as I used to. So it's, it's always cool to get out and see yeah. um, the local guys. Uh, beating it back I, guess, I guess if you want to if you want to be technical on Friday, I work the truck race, but that's about it. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. That that counts. Chris works for NASCAR Productions. Just that's to true. clarify. Yeah, he was uh, doing his real job. Uh, I went to Friendship, uh, which is up in uh, Elka, North Carolina, Elka. about yep. uh, 30, 45 minutes from here. Uh, not too bad. It's actually a pretty good track. I, I, that, so far, that's my favorite track of the ones I've been to. So, oh, really? Um, I do like the track. It reminds it me a lot of home. Track. So. Yeah. Um, it reminds me a lot of my home track, so uh, we'll talk more about that uh, here in a little bit. So uh, we'll start out with uh, some uh, fill-in-the-blank, because we haven't done that in a while. It's always cool to uh, kind of rehash that. Um, so we've got one for trucks, one for Xfinity, and then one for Cup, and I guess um, we'll just go counterclockwise, so Tom, Chris, and then um, Peter. Uh, so question number one, Ryan Priest, uh won the truck race. So winning it for him was what, Tom? It was fun. Man, that's what it was. It was fun. Ryan Priest has run one truck race in his entire life, and he's batting a 1,000. He walks in with no experience in the DGR 17 truck and just beats everybody. That was incredible. I thought that was a bit of a surprise. Um, it's not easy to just walk into a backyard like that and, and go, you know, go win the thing right off. But uh, I thought the truck race was a great race. I'm saying it was just plain fun. Chris? It was marketable. Uh, Ryan Priest has had a tough year, a tough couple years in, in the JTG equipment, and he was running pretty well uh, yesterday in the cup race until he had uh, spun out due to a flat tire, which was a uh, big concern that we'll probably talk about later uh, in the show. But it's marketable. That whole deal was put on by KHI, his marketing team. Uh, He's running another one this weekend at Pocono. So if he can go out and run very, very well there, I say, if anything, he could uh, sort of pull a John Hunter and what John Hunter did and leave the cup. Cup Series, go run that 17 truck full-time for DGR and sort of hit the reset button on his career. 
That's a, that's a good thought. Double Dude. bell for Chris. You took the thought right out of my head. It means he's relevant again because Ryan Priest has not done a whole lot of winning recently. He has the two wins in the Joe Gibbs Xfinity car from a couple years ago. But since coming to Cup, he's just been an afterthought in the 20s or 30s most weeks in that JTG car. So it means he's relevant again. And maybe some truck or Xfinity or even Cup Series owner will see that win and hopefully his good win this or good run this weekend at Pocono and Put him in a solid ride for next year. Yep, that's the, kind of what I was going to say. I think it was—it's proof that he has—he uh, has talent. The kid knows what he's doing, and he just needs a good quality ride. And he's not going to get it from JT Jordy. At least it doesn't seem like it right now. Um, although well, I mean, uh, Stenhouse did pretty good. Well, so. I was going to say I don't think we want to sell that team short, but I think we also understand that his particular team, the thirty-seven team, does not have. The sponsorship to the level that it's had it in the past. They're not chartered either. Right. And it just limits a little bit what you can do for, for, uh, for resources for the events. And so he's managed to run up toward the front in a number of different races this year. So it isn't as though he hasn't shown speed. Um, he just doesn't have the, the results to show for it. So I think that that truck win was, um, as both of you said, um, you know, kind of a, a, a recertification that, okay, Ryan Priest is definitely a driver who can run up front if you put him in the right equipment. Yep. And as Chris said, he gets another opportunity this weekend at yep. Pocono to, uh, Which to is big. go two for two. Yep. Uh, so put yourself in, in David Gillen's place. Your, your driver, your car, your team, your truck is leading the race while your son is running second. Um, on the very on the last lap, I mean, obviously you would love to see your son win the race, but you're also pulling for your team because your team hasn't had the success it had in recent years. I mean, it's kind of been a couple of down years for that team um, with driver changes and, and the like. So uh, having put that team back in, in victory circle, obviously a big thing for David Gillen. But you know, you gotta your heart kind of breaks for him at the same time because you want to see your son win, but you also want to see your truck in victory. My line. heart doesn't break for David. He got first and second. That's true. <laughs> so, yeah, he got know, one two, and then true. Todd won a couple weeks ago at Coda. So yeah. all good. David's doing well. That organization right now has some very fine young talent in it. David's been doing some racing. He's been having a good time with that. Todd's having a good season. Uh, Ryan just won the truck race for him. Um, it's interesting, that 17 truck, isn't it? Tyler Ankrum wins for them, and then uh, now we get uh, we, we get Ryan Priest. Tyler has and, two wins. And go wins. Tyler truck. won twice, yeah. I mean, but and a playoff my, berth. My point playoff. is that, that that number, anyway, I don't know if it's the same group of guys, but that number seems to be a fairly lucky number for DGR in the truck series. That's very true. Yeah. Um, so moving on to the Xfinity series, Kyle Busch is now at 100 Xfinity wins. He should, Tom, celebrate. That's what he should do. Sure he, he should did. celebrate. At least I mean, he didn't break the guitar. That's it. <laughs> Thank God he didn't thought pull about a, it. Didn't pull a. He was uh, teasing it. Pete Townsend was. Yeah. Um, and in the interview. No, it's. Uh, he should celebrate. That's a big accomplishment. I mean, look, we can all have our opinions about Kyle Busch running or any driver. My opinion has been the same for years. Once you win a cup race, you're done at the lower levels because those should be for the guys coming up, unless you're full time at that level. Um, but. Um, you know, with that being said, that is a worthy accomplishment for Kyle. And um, as of right now, there are no races sold for him for next year. Um, so I'm not going to say he should retire, but, you know, part of me kind of hopes he will. Because <laughs> <laughs> some of the other uh, cars in that stable might get some wins. Sure, <laughs> um, Chris. Uh, he should step back. I'm not saying he should retire, but... Uh, if you look at the other people that have run that 54 car that year, Ty Gibbs, 
comes to mind. Yeah. I, I think, um, you know, Kyle Bush should step back, maybe run one or two a year. Sure. Give some of these younger yep. kids a chance to, to go out there and run that 54 uh, and, and show what they're made of because it's obviously the best car in the stable right now at Joe Gibbs Racing. Peter? Well, I agree with what both of you said. I say Kyle should keep going. I'm The years gone by where he – The years gone by <laughs> – <laughs> okay, the years yesteryear where he would win 7, 10, 13 Xfinity races, yes, that was bad. But now with him being limited to only five starts a year, he only I, don't have, four. I don't have as much of a problem with him only running five races because we saw competition still on Saturday. Allgaier kept him honest, beat him on a couple of restarts, and if someone else were to have won that, won that race, it would have been truly a Music City miracle taking down one of the best to ever sit in a stock car. So I'm all for Kyle trying to get as many wins as possible. I thought about saying the same thing, but I, my second thought was just have fun. You, you've got the record now, so you don't have to worry about going out there and getting the record, which is what he wanted to do. So now you don't have to – you can just pick and choose whatever races you want to run. Like if you – like obviously Las Vegas is his hometown. Run that track at your hometown. But just go out there and just have fun at the tracks that you want to run at. You don't have to necessarily worry about rule, you know, going out there and breaking records. You already have the record now. So just go out there and just have fun. You know, it should be an enjoyable hobby for you at this point, not a bound and determined, I have to make this record last and break this record and shatter the record yeah. and, you know, make it unreachable for the next generation guys. He's so. got, I think, two more starts yet this yes, year. Yes, Road America sure. and Atlanta. Yeah. And in a couple of these, and this was one of them, he chose because he had no. You know, hadn't been on the no track, right. yeah. so you're trying to get information for the cup race. Um, so that's you know, and again, I think there was a time when maybe, you know, Kyle Busch being in an Xfinity race was necessary to draw some people in. But now with with the guys you got in Xfinity now and the in the shows they've been putting on the last few years, the Xfinity series does not need those cup guys. Um, it is plenty interesting without them, and especially this year, I think, with Ty being there, it's made it really interesting and. Ty's success has even elevated it another level yet, and and I think also AJ Allmendinger has had a lot to do with that too. So uh, we turn the corner to the other Kyle and Kyle Larson, uh, of course, winning his fourth race in a row, third points-paying race. But uh, Kyle Larson is blank, a space alien. That's what Kyle Larson is. He is a, a space <laughs> alien from another planet. Um, he is not human. You are At not least one of us. his right foot is not human anyway. Um, incredible what he's done. And, and you could go on all night with adjectives, but uh, Kyle Larson is really on a roll right now, and momentum helps. Yep, Chris. Kyle Larson is the champion. We're oh. 10 minute, uh, we're 10 races away uh, from the playoffs. Uh, and come Phoenix, uh, he will win that title. Oh, Peter. Wow. Calling the shot. Going back to Kyle Larson's rookie year, Kyle Larson is the next Jeff Gordon. I really think he is the championship favorite right now. Whether or not he is at, after nine or ten weeks of the playoffs, we'll see because of how crazy this format is, just like Kevin Harvey last year. Yep. But I think right now he, he truly is a landmark driver in NASCAR history in the making. I think he, if he stays at Hendrick Motorsports and keeps the Cliff Daniels-led five team around him, can go on a tear winning four, five, maybe even seven titles. Kyle Larson is disrespectful <laughs> to, to the rest of the field. I mean, share, sharing some of the wealth there, buddy. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. I see what you did there. I like but, that. No, it's uh, you got to respect. Kyle Larson is is definitely a driver. He will drive anything. He wins in everything he's in, and there's no denying that kid has talent. That is for, for certainly sure. And I actually mentioned on social media that he, Peter said uh, 
you know, compared him to Jeff Gordon, I compared him to Jimmy Johnson and being, you know, Jimmy Johnson-esque um, in his uh, growth to the top. So um, when we come back, we'll, uh, we'll talk about uh, some new teams on the horizon in the Cup Series garage area. So uh, they better scoot over because they're going to have more than uh, 43 cars, I think, in the field. Um, and we'll talk more uh, other motorsports stuff. You are listening to the Inside Pass, and we will be right back with more right after this. Do you love the sound of high-revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. Victory Custom Trailers is the place to go for your next new or used trailer or coach. Being personally involved in the racing community allows Victory to fully understand what racers need in a trailer. They have over 200 coaches and trailers in stock for a variety of industries, and they can serve anyone in the continental U.S. If you're looking for something custom, they can assist in designing a trailer to fit your needs. Check out their entire inventory online at victorycustomtrailers.com. I'm Andrew Saul, Commissioner of Social Security. Beware of telephone scammers pretending to be government employees. Real Social Security employees will never threaten you. Call is threatening you with arrest or other legal action and demanding money are not from us. If you receive a call like this, hang up. Do not provide them with any form of payment or information. Report the call at oig.ssa. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'd come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke, located on Route 1, or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Hello, Rice fans. This is Chris Rice. Thanks for listening to these guys. It's so great. Radio host. You're listening to the Inside Pass. We'll talk about him in a minute. Oh, we'll talk about Randy Bachman in a minute. No, oh. uh, Chris Rice. Um, <laughs> welcome back to the Inside Pass. Uh, next week on our show, uh, we've got 
Nick DeGroote. It makes me laugh because I think about uh, two, a, lot, a couple weeks ago I was listening to one of the old Motorsports Madness episodes, and Jacob referred to him as my partner in crime, and I'm kind of scared because I really don't know what kind of crime we're getting into here. Um, but I guess <laughs> With next Nick, week, it could be anything. Yes. What crime could you two commit? Next week, uh, you'd be surprised at uh, what uh, Sir Nicholas is capable of. But um, he's doing great. He's he's won a couple more races since the last time he was on. Well. More than two. He's won like four since the last time he was on the show. But his premium keeps going up, and I keep telling him, you're not going to get paid. So I don't know why you keep telling me you're going to raise your premium. <laughs> you're not going to get paid. Um, but anyway, he'll be on the show next week, and I'm excited. I, I love Nick to death. He's 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 a really good friend of mine. He is. I'm so happy to have him on the show. So, um, and he's definitely going to come on, because if he doesn't, I already told him I was going to come up there and, and – Beat him. Um, so anyway, um, let's uh, before we get to talking about, uh, I want to talk about the, some some of the new teams that are now on the horizon. We got more teams that said they're coming up to Cup next year. Um, but I, I ran across something interesting with Bubba Wallace that I wanted to talk about. I don't even know if anybody's heard about this tirade he went on um, on his radio on Sunday because apparently he blamed NASCAR for his uh, his spin out because he says that NASCAR failed to do their job of cleaning up. I'm not going to tell you what he really said because it's a family show. Um, but there was a lot of F, there was a lot of F's and a lot of B's and a lot of A's and a lot of other words. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, he said that uh, it was NASCAR's fault that they didn't clean up the brake rotor uh, situation from the last uh, person that hit the wall. And he ran over the debris and they did a sorry job because the debris was right in front of the flagman's face. And because of them, he has a you know he spun out and hit the wall and tore his car up and finished twentieth and it was a long tirade you have to look it up on social media but anyway so he made Denny Hamlin mad again because Denny Hamlin told him basically to knock it off and stop and he just wouldn't go um, and then apparently Michael Jordan refused to come to the races because the team's not doing good and he was promised two wins and they haven't got any wins this year. So now he's upset because he feels like they lied to him on promises of two Wait, wins. Hang on, hang on. I just got to, so, because I hadn't heard this. I oh, just yeah, want to make sure I understand long, this. It's a so, long Michael Jordan, somebody promised Michael Jordan so, two wins. Uh, apparently, from what I gathered in, in, in the story, Michael, when, when they put the team together, Danny promised and, and, Michael and Jordan. And just to cover bases, who wrote this story? I have to go back and look. It, it's it, it's a review. It's not like some like random person on the internet. It's one of the the top. Okay. I have to go back and look at who it is. But anyway, um, so Michael apparently when they were putting the deal together for twenty three eleven racing was promised big big things quote unquote in, in terms of you know you're, we've got a competitive driver who's going to get us top tens and, and you know is going to be competitive every week. And I guess to Michael Jordan that meant they were going to win, you know, uh, several times. So when oh. the pre-race or pre-season interviews and in media, uh, Michael said that he expects the team to win two races this year. Oh, okay. And so far, they haven't cracked the top ten. They cracked the top fifteen, but not the top ten. Um, and so, and then of course the whole thing with uh, with Denny Hamlin is because of the Daytona. Uh, he was telling uh, Bubba Wallace, you know, how come you're not drafting with the Toyotas? How come you're not helping your teammates out? And, you know, and, and then again, it happened, I guess, at uh, Talladega as well. And, uh, you know, various times during the course of the year, he's had run-ins with his team. So it's just a huge mess. Well, I mean, it sounds like unrealistic expectations, number one, because... That's kind of what I thought. But. Unlike in a sport like basketball, where Bron Bron can take his talents to Miami, to South Beach... And get a couple of other all-stars and just go out and steamroll everybody. Um, racing NASCAR particularly doesn't work that way. There's, there's, there's 15 cars or more that can win on a given Sunday or race day, whatever day it is. And, um, you, you can't just throw a team together 
with a bunch of money and a bunch of sponsors and some, some people and just go start winning. I mean, it's not like it's probably never happened before, but it's rare. Mm-hmm. Um, and every, team, so, every new team is growing pains. You need to build a chemistry between right. the driver, the crew, right. everyone. And in this day and age, it's so tight. The field's so tight that it, it's really hard to come in. And so, I mean, I think if that was the case, then I would argue that somebody had unrealistic expectations. Now, as for Bubba's performance, we can discuss and debate that too. But, I mean, I think it's probably been a combination of things. You know, pit, pit miscues by the team. You know, Bubba's made some mistakes. Um, and, of course, you know, I don't know that I totally disagree with him about the debris. I mean, that certainly is an issue. Um, but I, I, it sounds to me like there's a lot of pressure like that's a pressure cooker situation right now and and we are just over halfway through the season okay and not even and um and already it that it sounds like there's some frustrations and it, it got off to a rocky start in the beginning anyway because before even the 500 you know took place jordan said in an interview we don't sign check to losers so and then realize well, that this team didn't get their Daytona car, their first race car, until midway through January. So yeah. imagine trying to scramble and form a team and everything. See, that's the six thing. Weeks I, out I think of the Michael season. needs to be. I think Michael needs to be a little patient here. However, I do think that there probably needs to be some sort of, um, you know, team wide meeting discussion to kind of reset. Okay, here's where we are. Here's the goals we need to have by the end of the year, and I don't think they should include winning because I just don't think that team's ready well, to win yet. Let's go to top yet. ten first. And you know, yeah, I mean, I think consistent top ten to top fifteens would be a good way to finish this year, and then we go to the new car next year, which changes everything. Yeah, the new and now you get a chance, field. and you've had a year to bond. And if you're going to make any changes, like crew chief, I mean, what, look at first of all, we know Bubba's not going to go anywhere. I don't believe Bubba goes anywhere. Bubba brings a lot of the money. I don't think he's going anywhere. Second of all, we look at Mike Wheeler. Potentially, we could see a change at at that spot if they felt they needed to. But that's, I mean, I think those guys all need to just sit down and breathe for a little bit. Michael's got to understand this isn't basketball. It just doesn't work the same way. And I think the frustrating part too is the fact that you you know he he gets out there and he gets beat on the track by like track house like another team that's you know a, a brand new team and I think maybe he looks at that and he goes well we're a brand new team how come we don't have the same thing that they have you know what I mean I'll but, jump in real quick and twenty three eleven is arguably way better equipment than track house um I see I don't know if I agree with that necessarily I think the equipment's probably similar I'm going to tell you the difference between the two though is if you listen to Justin Marks. They're building. Everything's positive. Everything comes out yeah. of Justin, out of uh, Pitbull. It's all positive. It's a lot like Everything's college. positive, right? Yeah. yeah. And and it seems like everything coming out of 2311 is all criticism and negative and pressure and driving the whip. I don't think that works for a first-year team. That's I true. just don't. And, and Bubba's a very emotional kind of guy. If you're going to mentor him, you got to – you're not going to do it with pressure. I can tell you that right. because I believe that Bubba will crack under the pressure. You've got to, 
you got to get him. Maybe they need a Kurt Busch to come over and kind of, you know, but you got to get him in a good headspace. And if you can do that, then I think you can make some progress. But that team right now has a little too much drama going on to settle down and perform on the racetrack the way they'd like to. Although their performances have been better the last two or three races than what, what they've been, yeah, um, with the exception of that debris incident. All, all about so, forward progress. Yes. So, uh, speaking of colleague racing, they were one of uh, two organizations that announced plans to go cup racing next year, uh, GMS being the other team. Yep. Um, colleague uh, announced that one of the two cars that they have uh, purchased the charter for will go to Justin Haley. Yay, Justin. Um, and then uh, A.J. Allmendinger will run another full-time uh, season in the Xfinity Series. Dinger for Dinger. Good news, there's no word on what's going to happen with GMS, but it's going to be essentially another Hendrick-esque team. I mean, it's GMS and, you know, Hendrick, they're all sort of the same, you know. In within the same Here's kind what's of like interesting. driver development, I didn't see a Chevrolet announce. I didn't see the word Chevrolet anywhere really? in that announcement, unless I missed it. Hmm. I don't think there was an announcement about manufacturing. Could this that's be- what's interesting ah, to me. They said true. that they would release more details in an event schedule at a later date. There was there was just the GMS logo and the Cup logo. Chevy didn't put a statement out. And GMS did didn't mention, uh, you know, now, GMS didn't mention Chevy. Now we could look at it as, you know, no news is just no news, and they could just be with Chevy. But yeah, but that's boring. It, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is I love right. speculation, but but he, I mean, you're well, right. Though I never. I'm saw not it, trying so. to start a rumor. I'm just saying. No, that I don't believe there was any. And when you see <laughs> you know. when you see many announcements like like so. Uh, you would expect a a you know Toyota came out when, with twenty three eleven when they announced their team. Chevy came out with Track House when they announced their when team. When you make an announcement saying there's going to be another announcement later, that means there's something bigger on the horizon that you can't talk about right now. Right. So obviously well, there's something else coming. And let's look at the big picture here. That's three teams in a week. At least we, three. We, we don't have any cars GMS is going to have. They can have well, two. They can have four. I mean, they can have we, 18. For now, Given the we, scarcity of charters, though, and how expensive they've become and how just – Rare they've become. I really don't see them being a full time effort because I don't see them oh, I, being able to afford a charter and stay as involved as they are. Well, in yeah, but if they're going to have series. another, if they're going to have another manufacturer, though, you know, the manufacturer is going to want a charter, so they're going to want to buy one right. from somewhere if they're going to put all their resources into this brand new. And team. here's the deal: I don't think next year the charter is going to be quite. I mean, I I understand more teams, people going home, whatever. But if you're a good solid team. I think that the charter, you know, again, this is this brand new car. I think is going to is going to be as much about the driver that's driving it and the crew chief that's setting it up as it is about just having that charter to fall I think back what on. This, I think what this hurts is the Rick Ware business model, where you know, long as he's got his charters, it doesn't. Well, he doesn't own his charters. Well, I guess we'll see where all that goes. But yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. This is there's a lot of flux here, but here's what I here's what I will say. Three announcements in a week, and you mentioned forty three cars. We may get to a point where NASCAR needs to look at going back to forty three because yes, we're gonna have forty five, forty six, forty seven at, at, at a number of these shows next year. Yeah, and a, and a lot of them are gonna be teams who aren't established yet and they're not gonna be right. able to get established like Jordan Anderson was this year at Daytona if we can't get them all in the field. Right. Yep, so, that's exactly right. I mean, you, you can't you can't expect to you know get blood out. Of I have more on this, but we have a break. Yeah, that's true. I, I could tell you were really one. <laughs> right All right, we'll take a break. We'll get to Chris's thoughts when we come back, and uh, we'll talk more about the rest of the motorsports uh, news and information. We'll be back with InstaPest right after this. How to be a great dad in fifteen seconds. 
bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. Victory Custom Trailers is the place to go for your next new or used trailer or coach. Being personally involved in the racing community allows Victory to fully understand what racers need in a trailer. They have over 200 coaches and trailers in stock for a variety of industries, and they can serve anyone in the continental U.S. If you're looking for something custom, they can assist in designing a trailer to fit your needs. Check out their entire inventory online at victorycustomtrailers.com. He wanted to be known for doing his best. His best made him Major League Baseball's most valuable player. He played in six World Series and was elected to the Hall of Fame. Although an honest man, he was best at stealing holes. But the best quality of Jackie Robinson's life was his character. So here's to you, Mr. Robinson. Thanks for passing it on from the Foundation for a Better Life at Values.com. I'm Chase Elliott, and you're listening to the Inside Pass. I wish he was actually on the shot asking what it, lo- what it feels like to see the back bumper of Kyle Larson's car every week. Or, um, or finish 39th. Or finish 39th and getting DQ because your team forgot all the lug nuts on your race car. Yeah, that was in the sea. A lot of people had an issue I can get, with that. I can get one or two, but five five's a lot. People had an five's issue. Five's a whole tire. Yeah, it is. That's, I mean, and that's it's a, a safety thing. This it, this isn't NASCAR picking on Chase Elliott. And let me rephrase that. I'm not thing. saying that he had a whole tire loose because it wouldn't have stayed on the car. But a five well, no. lug nuts equal. But there's a only whole twenty tire. on the whole car. Right? Yeah. So if you yeah. miss five, you miss a quarter of the whole and that's, entire thing. You know, again, it's a rule in the rule book, and that's one rule that you just shouldn't ever. And and it probably wasn't done on purpose. Everybody's hurrying or whatever. Who knows? But I'm just saying that NASCAR has no and, choice. And sometimes but teams to, use it for a strategy. Sometimes they right. won't tight. 
beaten all of the lug right. nuts on one stop, hope for a caution, come in, tighten Correct. them all, and go. Yep. For track position. It yep. saves a second. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's you know, I, NASCAR has to be strict on that because, again, it's a safety issue and it can affect other competitors. Just like we talked about earlier with Bubba, who got caught up in someone else's debris. You know, if a tire falls off or something happens, even it's a 70 you know, pound piece of rubber, right. the car hits that at speed, it could go yep. onto pit road that's and true. if it stands in, who yep. knows what could happen. So, you know, guess what happens when you miss a lug nut next year? Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They've only got one. So if you, you miss one, you miss them all. So will a loose lug nut penalty still be a thing, or will it just be the four weeks? I mean, suspension? I'm pretty sure. Well, I'm pretty <laughs> the sure your car will be your tire. Exactly. Wall. No, your, your your penalty will be your car coming back on the tow truck yeah. when it who, hits the wall after after a tire falls off. Who was it? Was it in the Xfinity race or the Cup race? Somebody hit the wall so hard they knocked Quinn Hoff. They yeah, knocked yeah, the it was in the Cup race. Yeah. And actually, that that tire was taken to the NASCAR R and D center for investigation. Um, from what well, I understand, they hit the yeah, wall so hard they knocked the tire. Uh, they were talking about it on Sirius. Turn one, lap one, two. Yeah. Wow. They were talking about it on Sirius that uh, they were the, the tire was taken to the NASCAR hauler and then taken back to the R and D center because they were investigating to see why it would have. Because apparently, from what I understand, he actually hit the wall during practice and damaged the right side of the car, and the team was trying to fix it. And they, from what NASCAR has gathered so far, they seem to think that they. Loosen the lug nuts to take the wheel off, and when they put the wheels back on, they didn't tighten on the lug nuts. So if that's the case, and they can prove that, then he will get disqualified too because the lug nuts weren't tight. Yeah, five lug nuts. So I want to get back to what I was talking about before yes. we hit the break uh, about the whole colleague situation. So colleague, in that announcement, announced or it came out after the announcement that colleague had purchased two charters uh, from Spire Motorsports, which will now. Uh, you know, shut down the 77 team unless they find another one. Uh, but the other important team that that affects is the 99 of Trackhouse, who we were just talking about having a good season. They are now without a charter. Now, during the break, we talked that Justin Marks had said in a press conference shortly after the colleague announcement that they will do whatever it takes to uh, get a new charter. So, Tom, thoughts? Well, I mean, I, I for, again, I, I think the, the problem with the charter system is there's only 36, and there's going to be about 44 or 45 teams, it seems like, for next year. Um, and when I look at that, I, you know, some people will say it's bad for the sport, but I say it makes the sport more appealing, more more high-end, because when you have drivers who are going home every week, it, it makes those spots, because they're going to start 40 cars. So, uh, oh, you're saying the fact that they, they send people home you know, is, 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 is going to be way more marketable and way more it's, higher end. And I mean, for the sport, not so much for the teams, right. uh, but it'll be way more marketable for the sport and it'll look good on TV because qualifying will matter again. See, I totally agree with everything you just said, um, including the part about it being good for the sport. And bad for the teams, obviously, because they don't want to, which is why everybody is, um, you know, driving these charter values through the roof. But um, the problem that you've got is that there's all these people that have charters that don't even actually own teams. You know, it when when that was when the charter idea was first discussed, it was discussed as a franchise idea. And, and I, I had thought that it would be sort of like you're awarded a franchise like in the NFL. You can't like trade that franchise and and unless you sell and another owner comes in but then you're out unless you go buy another team right so you nascar has allowed the charters to be leased and controlled and whatever else and now it's just kind of a big mess 
And so they the value seems to be at about ten million dollars, but I you know, I just feel like the charter system is going to get to a point where you know it, it what happens if we bring in another manufacturer? They're going to want four or five more cars. We're going to be pushing 50 cars, 36 charters. How's that going to work? I believe NASCAR has previously said if and when a new manufacturer does come into the Cup Series, they would add three or four more charters to make it 40 charters. But then would that manufacturer automatically get all the new ones? Because then how do you explain that to the other ones that that are still like... I I mean, I just think it becomes more convoluted. So I don't know. I I just... uh, I mean, obviously, nobody cares what I think. I'm just a media guy. But I just... For me, the charter system is just very confusing. And and again, Trackhouse now has to go spend more money on another charter. But then somebody else at some point is going to end up being left out. It's like musical chairs. You know, and um, and then they're going to have to work twice as hard to get in the show. I, I just think, you know, it's time to do away with these charters because now to me, it's now that you've got a big field, it's outlived its usefulness. Let's just go back to the way it used to be. If you aren't fast enough, you go home. End of story. I mean, I, I understand it's probably harder to get sponsors that way but at some point i just think this charter system is going to get really really messed up they're all running for second place anyways because color is going to win them all anyway so well, what does it matter and you can also get rid of the charter system and still set the field at 40 cars and still send people home but at least everybody has an equal shot to make it in and still send people See, home. that's what i don't that's what kind of what i my thought was is that, you know I'm, I'm still kind of old school so i feel like if you come to the racetrack and you're a denny hamlin or you're a you know, Alex Bowman or you're a Kyle Larson. If you're not fast enough to make the field, then go home. Like, why? Well, why do we I'm have saying. to worry about yeah. you know protecting you for from you know going home if you if you have a wreck or whatever? If you wreck your car and you can't qualify, yeah, in your race, pr- sorry, your, your protection, not sorry. Your protection is your owner points. If you can create right, enough owner exactly. points over the season to where you can you can point your way in. Then yeah, right. this is how we do it in the other two series, and I just feel like at this point it ought to be right. that way. It should be across every, the board. You know, uh, across a, the board. A great example is is Friday in the truck race john hunter got you know his qualifying time disallowed because he turned around on the uh the racetrack <laughs> yeah. and, and went the opposite way which he's not allowed to do right uh so he got his time disallowed but he still pointed his way in yeah he because, got a provisional because of points. yeah so so that that's how you save your, your rear end so in that situation you know by the way that's the way that you do it on a short track right. john hunter didn't just like pull that out of his backside uh, I told it. Well, I was working with David Latour at Hickory about ten years ago, and <laughs> David came out and spun out, and and uh, I told him to go all the way around because it's a momentum thing. You yeah. want to have so yeah. the first lap was junk, the second lap shot pole. Yeah, it, it was just we. <laughs> We fell over laughing. It was like, you know, but I mean, and everybody was like, oh, come on. And it's like, well, he's, but I do. Uh, but, I do also think, but it is a rule in NASCAR's rule book, just so everybody knows. So you got to do what you did. So um, I, in my in my rule book, if somebody does that and, and violates, <laughs> if somebody violates that rule and gets the time disallowed, they shouldn't be able to fall back on their provisional. They should just go home. If you if See, you I broke a rule, if you broke a rule, because I well, don't think John Hunter knew that that rule existed. Because I don't problem? think, but but again, I don't think NASCAR. If you're going to do that, then everybody that fails tech once goes home too. 
end of end of discussion. You can't just pick a silly thing like that and send the guy home because it didn't hurt anything but his time. Just send him to the back like they did, and it's fine. Um, you know, I mean, it's in the rule book, but I, I bet you the last time a driver tried that in a, in, a, in a NASCAR National Series race, I bet you you couldn't go back and find the last time that they tried that. I, I don't think anybody would have even known that was in the rule book until John Hunter did it, and it's like, oh, wait, there's a rule? Oh, well, I guess like we they, can't do it in the National It's series. not like they've qualified every week for the last you know, year well, and a half in you either. I mean, a lot of these guys forgot how the, how the qualifying rules work because they haven't done it. And he long. got his it, – it basically came back to bite him because, I mean, he couldn't – he yeah. couldn't get to the front, you know, yeah, and he ended did. up 10th, you know. It's so a perfect example, though, of, you know, like... Self-policing. So guys like him that start up front every week, you get out in front clean air and you yep. just sell away. Yep. Whereas this week, he started, you know, with dead last, basically, yeah. and had to work his way up, and he never made it past 14th. That's right. So, I mean, it's, I think he finished 10th, didn't he? The, I did think, he think he finally did get into the top 10. I think he did. He finished in the but, top 10. But, um, yeah, he just, I mean, that was a situation where that basically that took care of itself, I feel like, in the end. You know, and if he'd have come from last to win, well, right. man, what a story! Right. You know first. what I mean? You know that would have been track quite a drive. Passing was at a premium too. Right. That's true. So, in, in other uh, motorsports news, before we uh, go to break, uh, Alex Pelot won again at Road America, takes a points lead. Does he win the title, Tom? Oh, I think it's too early to uh, speculate about. He it's a competitive series. Can't. Yeah, I mean, it's. I love IndyCar this year because of all the winners and the and the, the how tight the field is. But what a job that kid did, and and I think he's got a shot at it for sure. But it, it get the stage gets bigger as you get to the last couple of races of the year, Peter. I think so, yes. Take Scott Dixon out of the equation. Polo is the best driver Ganassi has had since Dario Franchitti. They've not had a top-tier talent not named Scott Dixon in those years since Franchitti was forced to retire. I think Polo is on a tear this year that does end in the championship. Sure is. Well, wow. that, right. um, Over in the F1 world, uh, another uh, a tale of two tapes. Uh, Lewis Hamilton hasn't won a race since May the 9th. Meanwhile, Max Verstappen has won two for three. What in the heck is going on in F1, Tom? A little bit of equality, finally. I mean, <laughs> and and that gets a bell, too, because we haven't had that in a long time. But let me tell you, Verstappen is hot right now. He ran down Lewis Hamilton and drove by him at, to win that race. versus one stop. He earned every bit of that and uh, just drove like a champ. For, for the last uh, 10, 15 laps of that race. So um, I think it's great to see that, honestly, in F1. We needed that. Yeah, we, we definitely do uh, need the equality over in the F1 war. We are uh, up against the break when we come back. Fantasy NASCAR, we have two cup picks this week because of the uh, double header at Pocono, plus trucks, plus Xfinity. So four different picks we have to make this week. So uh, carry the one and divide it by four. <laughs> um, we are going to take a break. We'll be back on the other side, and uh, we'll try to do fantasy NASCAR if we can uh, make our math right. We'll be back more inside pass right after this. Stick around. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. 
if you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today. 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. He wanted to be known for doing his best. His best made him Major League Baseball's most valuable player. He played in six World Series and was elected to the Hall of Fame. Although an honest man, he was best at stealing holes. But the best quality of Jackie Robinson's life was his character. So here's to you, Mr. Robinson. Thanks for passing it on from the Foundation for a Better Life at Values.com. When Marlon Shirley was five years old, he was in an accident and lost his foot, but he didn't lose his heart. When you tackle a challenge that you just cannot even fathom tackling, when you accomplish that, the amount of integrity and the will and the heart that you'll get from that experience is what will set you up for your life. In less time than it took Marlon Shirley to say that, he can now run 100 meters because today he's the world's fastest amputee. Overcome, pass it on from the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. Hi, my name is Eric Jones, and you're listening to the Inside Pass. Welcome back to the Inside Pass. So, thank you so much for uh, tuning into our show. No matter where you are uh, in the entire world, you can uh, find us on your favorite podcasting site. Just uh, search for Race Chaser Radio or the Inside Pass, and you will find them all there. If you have a Alexa or an Echo in your home, you can tell it to play the Inside Pass, and it will do that for you. Um, and there are several other ways you can uh, pull up our podcast. Just to search for it on the web, and you will find it there. Um, so, Fantasy NASCAR, um, the, the points are... I'm not in last anymore. You're, Chris is not in last anymore. Um, that's because, for whatever reason, uh, Seth and Jacob are on the same mindset when it comes to picking drivers, and they just randomly pick them out of hats. Um, and they always <laughs> end up getting... I Actually, I think what screw Jacob is is that uh, he picked Chris uh, or uh, Chase Elliott, and he got disqualified. So, um, uh. I think that's... Somebody picked Chase. I don't remember. I think it was Yeah, Jacob. it was Jacob. So, um, me and, and, and Noah and Nick are all the, are the top three, but everybody else is kind of getting closer together. Um, four picks this week, uh, because the cups, uh, the cup series has a double header Saturday and Sunday. Um, Peter, I don't know if you can pull up the entry list for the series. I know there's some interesting names. Sam Mayer makes his debut this weekend in the Xfinity series. In the eight car. And then and Ty Gibbs in the 54. Ty's in the 54. And Priest then is in the 17. Priest and Josh Berry and Kyle Busch. It's yes. Kyle Busch's last truck race. Where yeah. is Josh? And the 25 for Rackley War. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. I missed that one. 
So Josh, yeah, he took he took over after uh, Timothy Peters and them decided to part ways. Ah, okay. Right, Good so opportunity. We'll, uh, we'll we'll go in reverse order. We'll start with uh, Chris this time, and we'll just go from bottom to top. So Chris, your picks, uh, all four picks, please, sir. Uh, for trucks, I'm going to pick Kyle Busch. Xfinity, I'm going to go with Ty Gibbs. In Cup One, I am going to go with Denny Hamlin. And in Cup Two, I'm going to go with Kyle Larson. <laughs> Of course. All right. Um, let's see. Peter, you're next. Trucks, I will go Kyle Busch. He gets his third truck win of the year. Xfinity, I'll go Ty Gibbs. He also gets his third win of the year. Cup one, Kevin Harvick. I think Nashville is a sign of great things to come for that four car. Gave the Grave Digger colors an awesome run, finishing in the top five. That was a slick paint scheme. It was a slick it paint was. scheme. That's a die cast I'd actually get. The video with Keelan was cool, too. It was, yes. And then Cup two, I will go Denny Hamlin. Two new winners this weekend. And you're Fun, gonna funny be we're saying Denny game. Hamlin is a new winner at this late maybe I'll, <laughs> may, maybe maybe I'll pass Peter this week too that is that is very true uh Tom you're next oh well okay so in trucks I'm gonna go with Kyle Bush in Xfinity I'm gonna go with Ty Gibbs um cup one I'm going with uh Kyle Larson and cup two I'm going with uh William Byron oh that's an interesting Hendrick one. Sweep. That's a different one. Uh, so I don't think anybody can disagree on the trucks. So we'll, we'll go Kyle Busch for trucks. <laughs> and, again, even with Xfinity, Ty Gibbs being in the field and a track he's familiar with, I, I think Ty Gibbs will win there too. Um, for Cup, for me, I'm going to change things up and go with Larson first, then Harvick, because I feel like he's going to get a streak and then Harvick will break it. So oh. I'm, I'm going to be a little bit different. But, okay. Uh, We'll see what the what the rest of the boys think uh, about their picks uh, later on in the week. So, um, how much time we got? Like five little less than five minutes. All right, oh, a little open discussion. Real right? quick, I just yes. want to make a point that nobody thought anything of the Penske boys in the Cup Series at all. The pick like Blaney's won there before. Those guys are usually good. Oh, they're still but- racing. Yeah, oh, <laughs> that's kind of where we're at. I thought right? it was just Kyle Larson's Kyle world. Larson's world. They're all just living in world. I'm sorry. Go ahead with no, no, the no, next topic. Uh, so we were talking uh, earlier in the show about uh, Tom and I went to different dirt tracks this weekend. Uh, I, it's something that I'm, of course, passionate about. I grew up announcing dirt tracks. I grew up racing yep. dirt. Grew up, you know, around dirt uh, my whole life. Um, and so where I came from, the, the track that I used to announce at, we, we had a very low car count. It was very – not a low car count, but it was probably in the 55, 60 car range for seven classes, so roughly 10, wow. 12 cars per class. But they put on an amazing show. Every single, every single Friday night, it was, a, it was a great show between some of the best drivers in the, in the, in the, in the Metroplex, Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex area. Um, and so Saturday night, I went to Friendship. And, and Friendship had seven classes of cars, the two classes of late models. I, I didn't understand it, but whatever. Um, so the car count wasn't great, but, I mean, they had 17, 18 entries per class. So it was a decent-sized show. Um, but when I was in line at the concession stand, I heard uh, a couple of fans talking about some other track somewhere I, somewhere in the area had like 14 cars show up, and they just closed down for the night, and they're like, we're not going to raise 14 cars, whatever. I don't know where it was. but oh. So it kind of brought back some of the, the things that I kind of defended when I was announcing because people used to tell me all the time, I don't know why you announced at that track. They don't have cars. The cars that showed up, though, put on a spectacular show. So – between the boys, I thought, hey, you know, let's let's talk about what you guys think puts on a good show. Would you guys rather have a lot of cars show up and put on racing action throughout the night, or would you guys rather have a smaller car count where the cars that do show up put on a fantastic show with just the six or eight cars that actually do show up? So, Tom, we'll start with you since you're a dirt. Guy. Okay, I wish we had way more time. For I know, this, I do but, too, but. Um, okay, so I went to East Lincoln. They mm-hmm. had the American uh, American Racer Modifieds. There it was their second race as a series. Okay, they had uh, I think seven cars, and about 
18 cautions. Um, and and, and I'm not blaming the drivers. I'm not dissing this. I'm just making the point right. that you can have a, a bad race with seven and you can have a spectacular race that goes caution-free with 21. Yeah, so here's my deal here. The fact that you said you were confused and didn't understand the multiple late model divisions to me is a problem. These tracks have seven, eight divisions and 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 they have two or three late model divisions that nobody can figure out. So my deal is less classes, more cars in each class, three to three and a half hour show and done. East Lincoln did, does it right. They have an 11 o'clock curfew and we were done with everything by 11 despite a lot of wrecks. That's true. The late models are 602 and 604. I, I, I get it, but it's still. It Put them together. Right. Uh, Peter, real quick. You don't need 20-plus cars to have a great race. I mean, SRX has shown this the past couple of weeks where 12 cars can put on a compelling race. So if it's a great battle for the win, it doesn't matter if there's 12 or 1,200 cars on track. Oh, my Lord. I can imagine 1,200 cars. <laughs> That's an enduro race. Um, but it just goes to show, you know, like Tom said, you know, he, he feels not offended. But, you know, the fact that I didn't – I was confused by two different late model classes. It doesn't make any sense to me. I Where I come from in Texas, late models were like a special attraction. Right. Um, but much like mod- open wheel modifiers are a special attraction here, but we ran them every week at my track. Um, so I was excited to see them at Friendship because it was like, oh, my God. 602 and 604 are both crates. And if yes, you're a short exactly. track, you need to make sure you have a prompt schedule because people are going to get mad if there's so much downtime. Yeah. Well, and that's features. exactly the reason why I, I was going to go to, to I was going to go down to Cherokee and, and Gaffney, but of course the hurricane ruined that for me. Um, but I didn't want to drive down there, not knowing <laughs> yeah. if they were going to get rained out. But everybody told me that track is horrible. They don't start on time. They take forever doing their classes. It's three o'clock in the morning before the mains. I, I don't have time for that. I'm I'm old and I want to go to bed, so I don't have time for that. <laughs> Me um, too. But but that's but that's what I'm saying. It's just every track. Yeah, that's we, we know, can talk more about it later. If you but. say six, don't start at six thirty. And there is a late model series that that tours this area that is notorious for starting on time and having too much downtime between session and honestly giving way too much practice to some of these drivers. You so. know what? Speaking of starting on time, sorry, Chris, I didn't mean to cut you off. But speaking of starting on starting on time, why can't tracks? say we're taking a 10 minute intermission and take a 10 minute intermission because even at friendship it seemed like it was like 45 minutes and people were running around on go-karts and standing there talking to each other and they were taking donations for a driver which okay i I get that but well if you're doing something special that's fine if you gotta do but they didn't even start on it until seven minutes into the 10 minute intermission yeah i mean again three to three and a half hours and done a movie doesn't take more than two or three hours okay you gotta think these tracks need to think about not keeping their people there you want to bring your little kids you gotta that's what i'm used to yeah three to three and a half hours and done if you start at seven ten thirty you know at least by eleven you're done seven o'clock we started ten thirty we were out of there and we had seven classes i'd rather see tracks because we need to get back to where people feel like going to the pits afterward and getting autographs and meeting the drivers all right we are out of time uh Nick DeGroote will join us uh, next week on the show. For all the gang, enjoy the Pocono Race weekend, and we'll see you back here next week on the Inside Pass. For everybody here, goodbye, everybody. Have a great week.